Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 54. <laughs> episode 54 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength based perspective through which they view the world. We're your hosts, Allison and Tess. I'm going to whip out your readers real quick. Well, and so earlier I mentioned this is a fancy reader sleeve. It is. And this is a generational perspective. But to me, this is what flow. Um, who was a character on the show Alice? It was about Alice's diner. Um, Flo would she she had kind of a spirit about her. But I feel like as soon as I saw this case, I was like, Flo would have a case like this. Hmm. She had a phrase that she used on the show. She'd say, "Kiss my grits." Wow. Have you, you not? No. no Kiss my phrase. grits. Yep, that's what she'd say on the show, and she'd kind of <laughs> put a hand on her hip and twist her head. So I will get a video clip of that for you. But anyway, I kind of envision that. I'm very grateful for the readers. They've changed my life. I'm going to own it. I'm going to completely own my age. going to be 45 in January, and Woo-hoo. readers have changed my life. That's awesome. But the same week I got readers, it's like I said, okay, I'm older, and I threw my back out, which I never thought would be a phrase I would ever say. Ever. Ever. Oh, God. And it was horrible and terrible, and I'm still recovering. Um, I'm a couple weeks in, no activity, just making my my brain hurts from it. But I told Trisha when I came in this morning, you know you've reached a season in your life when you celebrate success by, I slept through the night last night. <laughs> and... I mean, that's that's a huge accomplishment oh, for me man. lately. I slept through the night last night, and I woke up in less pain than yesterday. So mm-hmm. it's funny when you get to this season of your life where you wake up and say, okay, the parts that were hurting yesterday are not hurting as much. That is success. Hmm. So also, I'm telling you, put these readers on. Cuck-a-boom. It's like stuff just came to life. I was like, well, I could read this. Cuck-a-boom. Um, I will say the rocka. I want to share with our listeners that I would since our last recording, um, I ran the um, Good Life Habsy and I set a PR. Neat. So which is is like a laughable thing because I run two, right? So I beat my time for May. <laughs> but that's amazing. <laughs> but it's amazing, right? So it's like it's a huge I really, accomplishment. It is. It is for me. And so and I've got I got all my friends because we talked on this podcast about how I got all my friends to sign up to do it with me and I was a little nervous about how they would react and kind of what it would be like the day of, because I knew I had a goal of where I wanted Mm -hmm. to finish. And they were so great to say, we'll see you at the finish line. Like you do you, we don't want to slow you down. And, um, and so I came in and I waited for them for like 50 minutes. It was almost an hour for me. Um, but, uh, but I was, it was so cool. And how, when they shared with other people, like, and you know, we all go to church together. So as soon as I hear from somebody that one of them talked to, they were like, and I heard you killed it. Right. And it was just kind of a really neat thing because I don't, you know, there was this like post survey and, you know, I felt every story that comes to me because I have so much empathy for survey givers, um, and being one myself, but, um, so fill out the survey and you had to categorize yourself if you were, an experienced runner, uh, like a master runner, a recreational runner, 
um, a fitness and health runner, um, like what kind of runner you were. And I yes. laughed and I said, I don't even consider myself a runner. So I don't know how to subcategorize myself within that. Right. Um, but it was a really neat thing. And I you know I just shared a little bit of my health journey on the podcast with people and just such a neat place to be at, to feel like to feel so accomplished. And I ran the whole thing, except when I had to walk to drink Gatorade at water mm-hmm. stations, like I didn't walk except for the right around the water stations. Mm-hmm. And then I just picked up jogging again and mm-hmm. I jogged the whole thing. And, um, and really neat to see my friends, you know, my friend Alex is like, I can't believe you tracked me into it. I'm never doing this again. And, <laughs> but my friend Cami is now like hooked. Yeah. We already signed up for another half marathon in April um, that we're doing. And so just like, so cool. And to so feel fun. well enough to do it. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. Absolutely. And I think um, those who run, know that mm-hmm. feeling of when there's a setback and when you're well enough to run it. Yeah. Um, I was just running stats on my personal blog the other day. I'm always curious as to what people read. And amazingly, one of them that I wrote about being sidelined as a runner is one of the most viewed. Mm-hmm. And mo- more often than not, the most viewed are things that I've put out there onto social media mm-hmm. in some way. Um, but this one is about... Um, getting back to running after I had an injury. And I think there's, I remember my aunt Meg saying this to me when my uncle went through some horrific, I mean, he almost died now twice. Mm -hmm. And she said, when you don't have your health, you have nothing. And the most minor of health setbacks can be so debilitating emotionally. And so when you feel well and you have Mm -hmm. that accomplishment, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. I also want to note that I'm spending less time on social media. Um, I'm just not on it as much. Then you don't know what's happening. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't know you said a PR because you didn't share that publicly here. Hmm. And I haven't been here either, but also I haven't been on social media. I mean, I'm on, but then I'm not on very much. And so I'm like, okay, I need to see what Lauren said, what Sean said. I mean, I have like my little, Hmm. where we at? And then I'm done with it. Hmm. And that's fascinating too in how we celebrate yeah. our brag moments. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a ticker here at work, you know, like a customized ticker that's a screen that's running across would be proud of moments. Yeah. And we talk about this all the time in strengths, but we also talk about how hard it is. Yeah. And we've been talking about the, you know, what are you going to do with the rest of the decade and, and being brave. Mm-hmm. I think that my focus was off. So I was thinking about what do I need to get done in the end of the decade so I can celebrate that I've accomplished something. I paused and I went back and I reviewed all the things that have happened in the last 10 years. And I'm very proud of myself. And I'm going to spend the rest of the decade celebrating and resting Mm -hmm. because I don't have to accomplish more to be proud of what I've already done. Mm -hmm. And I think there's really a mindset about that. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday um, with Molly in Fremont when we were doing strengths about when we accomplish, sometimes there's an expectation for more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've fallen um, into that cultural mindset and I would like to, you know, take a little pause and think around, I actually did get a lot of things done in the last Mm -hmm. 10 years. And so maybe I should be celebrating that Mm -hmm. instead of rushing to set yeah. Five more expectations for myself. Mm-hmm. That was one of my kind of things that I wanted to bring up and talk about today with you is how do we be grateful 
and practice gratitude in the midst of a season that is hard to be grateful for, right? Like, I feel like both of us are in kind of tough places Mm -hmm. right now. And so it's very easy to get caught up in all the really rough things that are going on Mm -hmm. and the busyness and the stress and the personal Mm -hmm. stuff and the work stuff. But it takes intention to practice gratitude. And and sometimes I feel like even talking about practicing gratitude can be so like flippant. Like, oh, I just have to do and I just have to write down things I'm grateful for and then it'll fix everything. And that is not the case, Mm -hmm. right? So like how do we... Meaningfully, meaningfully be grateful and practice gratitude and positivity in the midst of hard times. I think the gratitude piece is easily misconstrued to be, oh, I'm thankful. Oh, I'm yeah. thankful. And to me, gratitude is also, um, it ties with vulnerability and a willingness to reflect on where have I not been? And where could I practice a little bit more? Mm -hmm. I also think that being practicing gratitude is also extending grace to yourself when you screw up. Mm -hmm. So there, and I'm starting to talk about this a little bit more on my personal blog and I have been a little bit here, Mm -hmm. but I am truly in a season of grief and not owning that or trying to minimize it um, because it's a divorce is BS because I am truly in a season of grief and for a while I was in shock and reaction mm-hmm. and now I'm kind of in the anger place. And so, um, to be able to just step back and, and say, okay, I'm going to really pause and extend myself some grace because there's not anyone that knows what's going on and how hard it is to just be. And it's really easy to, cast assumption and judgment on other people. So Mm -hmm. my grief doesn't look like someone else's grief. And I'll totally own that. I mean, it's not, I am certainly in a no way comparison this, the grief season that I'm in to the loss of uh, a loved one, but it is loss. Mm -hmm. And it's really important. I think if we want to practice gratitude to come from a place of kindness Mm-hmm. and kindness to self first. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm very incredibly hard on myself. And I realize that I have cast that as an example to my children. Mm-hmm. And I'm not proud of that. I'm disappointed about that. But in the same way, when I say I'm not proud of that and I'm disappointed in that, that's also continuing the same practice of criticizing myself. So I think the place of gratitude that we all get to decide how we truly can see positive things is by reflecting on and granting kindness to ourselves first. And then being willing to say, Hey, I, I messed up or Hey, I'm not in a good place. And I want to own that I'm not in a good place. Um, I think that's a starting point when you look at the research around the concept of purpose it starts in gratitude for what you already have. Yeah. It starts in gratitude for assets. It starts in gratitude and recognition of these are the things I do have yeah. and I, a starting point. Yeah. Um, that was kind of a big surprise to me when I started doing the research around purpose is that it, it's the seed is gratitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is easy to get caught up. And I don't think that we should, we should negate that either. That, 
you can practice gratitude by being really irritated at your schedule or whatever. But the true practice in it is to be able to pause and shift and name, I'm feeling this way. Yeah. And own, I'm feeling this way. That's good. Because the more you reflect and you pause mm-hmm. and you see what's happening and you can really name it, you're more likely then to notice other things. Absolutely. Hmm. I think one of the things that I've, um, that has really been helpful me for me during this time is like, is pulling myself out of myself. And so, and, and I know we talk about that in terms of like throwing ourselves into work or like for me, school and things like that. But I, those aren't always the most positive. So where can I throw myself into that is positive if that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so the example that I think of is, you know, and we've talked about it here. A lot of my strengths are more introverted. I tend to, when I'm in a rough time, seclude myself and isolate myself from people, which I love, you know, being by myself, but there's different between solitude and isolation. And, um, and isolating is what I revert to in tough times. And so it's been really cool to, I have leaned a lot into relationships lately to my friendships and that has been really fun. One of my best friends is celebrating her 30th birthday mm-hmm. and we're going down to Kansas city for a day and a half this weekend. Um, just a quick trip to do some fun things and to celebrate. And I have, and I'm sure I'm fine talking about this on the podcast cause she won't listen, but <laughs> um, uh, I have been working for a month to put together a book of words for her. So yeah. I've reached out to greatest gift. I've reached out to family, friends, coworkers, people from church, like everybody in her circle or people that have been a part of her circle. Mm -hmm. And I think I have 40 or so responses and I'm just putting them all together in this book that I've handmade. And it's been so wonderful to be able to, I've read, like I haven't read like some of them, if they're sealed, I leave them sealed Mm -hmm. and just kind of put them in a different way. But I've a lot of them have come through email, so I've printed them off and pasted them on there. And then on each paper, on each sheet of it, I've stamped a word that someone used to describe her. So if the letter was open, I would read it and find a word like beautiful or compassionate, and I would stamp that word on the piece of paper. And channeling my inner mother, who's a very crafty person, yeah. <laughs> definitely does not look like stuff that she does, but it's kind of a mess, but it's awesome. Um, and so, but it's been so insanely rewarding and gratifying to be able to do this number one because I know she'll love it but number two because as especially like in my life season and I know you're in a similar season of being you know on your own living by yourself working fairly independently like as part of a larger organization but both of us do a lot of our work Mm -hmm. autonomously Mm -hmm. here so much of my life is just me. (laughs) And so the times where I get to invest and really propel myself into somebody else, really valuing and honoring them, it seems so, I think I, because of my background, I'm like, okay, if there's something not going well, I need to figure out what it is and work through it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's definitely space for that. Like, yes, I think everybody needs a therapist, right? We all need that, right? And we all need um, time to do self-reflection and practice our own gratitude. But I think there are times where the best healing can come by serving other people, mm-hmm. by being kind to other people, mm-hmm. by propelling yourself into somebody else's life and mm-hmm. saying, how can I value you? And how can I instill worth in you? Because what I'm finding is the more I affirm those messages in other people, 
the more they ring true for me. Yeah. Like when I speak them out, it's this idea, you know, like synchronicity, right? When you speak something out, it it resonates and it comes back in many different forms and ways in your own life. And so it's just been so cool. I'm so excited. I'm giving it to her this weekend. And Is that the first time you've done that? I have, I've done things like this for people before, but usually I don't get like this incredible response, but it's also who she is. I mean, you know her. Um, and so it's like literally my opening phrase when I reached out to all these people is to know Alex, to love Alex. Like that's like, if you know her, you love her because she's so wonderful. And so I knew I would get an awesome response, but it's every person that I had on my dream list based on, she's told me her story and tells me about things going on in life every person that I would ideally want, whose voices I would want to speak into her life, have responded. And I think that's so powerful um, to be able to then put that together. Um, So I've done, I went on a retreat at Creighton where they did something similar and they call them palancas, which is um, the Spanish word for the strings that hold up a hammock. So they had this whole metaphor and teaching about how in life we need people that are going to hold us up. And um, so they gathered and that was the big surprise, like this whole retreat. Everyone says it's incredible, but they won't tell you anything. And Creighton reaches out to any family on file, any friends. They use your connections of student involvement to gather. The um, campus ministry gathers all of this information and all of these palancas for you. And you get a whole packet of all of these letters. And so, yeah. I um I love that because and I've done that many times for friends over the years and I will tell you it there there'll be memories mm-hmm. in giving that gift that will stay with you forever. I I can still see the box that I utilized um when Lois turned 50. It was 50 things we love about Lois. Mm-hmm. And the people that I reached out to, you know, some people sent emails, some people sent letters and it was amazing. And Lauren did that for me when I turned 40. And I, I, those are still some of the most, that that's the greatest gift, of course, that you could receive. And you think we've spent so much time trying to create the perfect gift for somebody or experience, but in both ways, both being on the receiving end and the giving, it is an incredible experience because it's kind of like what we talk about here. I love sitting and being here in the office and hearing the references that mm-hmm. Shaylee and, and, um, and Vicki get to take because people will say things about this person in their life that they probably would never say to their face. And we say that all the time about to mentors. We say your mentee is love spending time with you. Yeah. They love you, but they'll probably never they say that. They'll sit across from you and say, you're awesome. <laughs> um, so a couple things that I, I want to note. I love that you know you know what you need right now mm-hmm. and you're being brave and identifying and knowing what you need. We are in different seasons mm-hmm. and I am in a season where I have been, most of my life has been in doing those kinds of things with others and leaning in with mm-hmm. others. And, and I am right now in a, re, a really difficult season of trust mm-hmm. and where I am feeling what I need right now is isolation not, and I don't want to say that in a way that sounds like, you know, I'm, I'm heading off and not and closing down, but I need quiet solitude reflection right now. Yeah. And I am finding that I am very, very limited, mm-hmm. very limited in the energy I can give others yeah. because I know that my energy being invested in other people right now would not be a good thing. Yeah. And I know that what I need 
is to um, to be in some solitude and to reflect because I this kind of hurt is um, I can't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. And so those that I do, you're you're a really tight group. And I, I'm even having difficulty having dialogue with the trusted few. So I, um, and this brings up a great thing that I wanted to um, note to you. I had a conversation with my brother, um, Ben, who also I know will not listen to this. So um, <laughs> ben, ben is my biological brother and he is um, the oldest on the biological side. And so we did not grow up together. And to be quite honest, Ben is a person that I, I don't always know how to take him. He's very direct. Um, he's very accomplished in his military career. Um, he's a senior master sergeant in the Air Force. Um, he's an awesome dad and incredible husband. And if, if you're around Ben, Ben has a sarcasm um, sense of humor that you probably feel like he's judging you. But he's very open in his own mistakes. Um, so if you would understand Johnson humor, it's like we bring our crap to the table and we own it, but we're also going to call you out on yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have not had not told my brother about any of where things were and he'd been calling me and texting me and I had been avoiding him Mm. for getting close to six months now. And I just didn't want to have a conversation, didn't know how it would go. I knew that eventually I would feel like telling him, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't ready. And so I was driving home from um, Columbus um, the other night and he called and I initially didn't take the call. And then I called. also, he will not listen to this. <laughs> so I told him, Oh, sorry, Mr. Call. And I actually was like, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> and I called him back and I said, I want to tell you about what's going on. And he listened. And what he said to me, and anytime I have conversations with Ben, there's like these things that I think, okay, no one else would say this to me, mm-hmm. but he said, I know you think you're a people person and I know you are. He said, but in reality, you are a loner. He said, you do everything. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about what you really do, you're doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. And he said, and Allison, I've known you, not your whole life, but since you've been about 18. And he said, and that's what I see. Like, if you're going to get things done and you're going to live, you're a loner. And he said, so I hope that you aren't afraid of that Hmm. because you're going to find a lot of growth in solitude and you get to decide what this looks like for you. So if anybody else is is saying to you, why aren't you reaching out? Why aren't you hanging out? Why aren't you talking to me about this? He goes, BS, it's your decision. You get to decide what this looks like for you right now. And it doesn't mean it's going to be forever, Hmm. but know yourself and I couldn't, no one has ever called me a loner. And I was like, I'm not. And I started thinking about it. Mm -hmm. The depth of me has to do things by myself because that has been my reality. So to know right now that I'm not in the greatest of places Mm -hmm. and I'm not really feeling a lot of trust. Now, I, I want those that are listening to know that I have an absolutely amazing support group. I mean, around me, I have a tribe around me that I beyond over the moon grateful for. Um, But trusting others in general right now is really tough because I believe that everyone is coming from a, from good intent. I I am less of a cynic than I used to be. I truly in my 45 years, I'm less of a cynic than I used to be, but to really trust somebody is so different. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I just really don't. 
And I know that I can't put energy to others that's positive. So you may see me step back, or you may see me be more reflective, or you may see me struggle like I am right now, but it's because I know myself. And in all of the work on me that I've tried to do in all of my years, and everything we do is strengths and everything we do with teammates, the most important thing to me, as you know, is authenticity. And to own that you're not in a good place is hard to admit. And I've watched you model this to me over the years, Tess. You've modeled it when you're not in a good place, you're good at owning it. I am not, because I don't want people to think that I'm not on my game. I am not on my game. Uh, yesterday, I tried to, I probably didn't do it very well, but I tried to apologize um, to you and to a program coordinator because my response to an email was crap. It was crap. It was terrible. It was snarky. It was so self-centered. Um, and that was wrong. It was wrong of me um, because I'm just not in a good place, but also, so what, Allison? You're not in a good place, then pause and don't respond to an email. Um, but I wanted to say, I'm sorry. And um, I knew there'd be grace. Yeah. But I need to say sorry, even if I don't know there's going to be grace. Mm -hmm. And I need to be authentic, even if people are going to be like, oh, what is going on with her? Um, because that's what authenticity means to me. Yeah. So when you called me out that about woo, mm -hmm. that's, I got defensive. I got defensive about it. Mm -hmm. um, my woo's in the tank, for sure. Um, I don't know where a relator is for me, but if relator was in my top 10, which I don't think it is, but if it was, mm -hmm. it'd be 3,900th right now because I just trust is a shattered concept to me. Yeah. And that does not mean it will always be. That's my positivity that comes and yeah. says, you know what, I know this, mm -hmm. but also you've modeled to me the difference between solitude and isolation. Mm -hmm. You have modeled to me what it's like to walk through life doing the single thing. Um, went to Nashville, Guess what I did? Took a notebook with me everywhere. Also carried my camera around. Heck yeah. <laughs> so you know what that does? That creates an image to people. Also dress for success if you don't want people to bother you. So I was wearing a leather jacket, scarf, aviator sunglasses most of the time with my camera and my notebook. People don't, people aren't like, what are you doing here by yourself? Why are you here by yourself? Questions I got, what magazine do you work for? That was the question I got. I wanted to make up something yes. so bad. Like when we when we do girls trips, um, we like to create false identity. I mean, I probably shouldn't be sharing this here, but that's because you just, you know, you have the opportunity to say, this is what I do. So Katie has always been the owner of a fine linens company. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and this last trip, she created that she only is the distributor of flat sheets. Flat sheets. sheets, <laughs> not pants. Oh, that's good. So that's you really get to good. craft a story however you want to craft it. Everybody gets to decide how they want to craft a story. Flat sheet only. But that was my flat sheet only moment. And I blew it. I could have said I work for, you know, the so Mystic Magazine. Cool. You know, make yeah. something up. I had people ask me, um, which one of the guys in the band is your boyfriend? I said, none. <laughs> and he said, well, you're right here and you're taking pictures and they're like, you know, looking at you. I go, because they think I work for a magazine. 
And then the notebook thing, oh, you get treated with such class. If you have a notebook and you're just taking notes while you're waiting for your mail to come, because they're like, oh, critic. Hmm. So I am in a place of struggle, but I'm also in a place of joy of new discoveries. Hmm. I know that. 40-ish me knows that. But also younger you, generationally different you, has modeled this for me. Hmm. And so... First, I want to say I'm sorry again. No, babe. Truly. But also yesterday, back to gratitude. That was a long circle back to gratitude. That's all right. <laughs> back to gratitude. When I looked over and I saw my perfectly organized tote, which was is never perfectly organized. It's never organized. been like that. <laughs> I looked I'm on this call and I'm trying to you know multitask and I look over and Tess and I tag team yesterday. So Tess did the morning and I did the afternoon and I look over and my perfectly organized tote, which I know I didn't do. Not only is sitting there, but my name card is out. Mm-hmm. And I saw it and I just thought, oh, like you do so many things to say, I see you, but you don't say, wow, you're a mess. <laughs> you're such a mess. <laughs> like your crap is everywhere. You're just a mess right now. You just do things to make my life a little bit easier. So I tried to snap a picture and say, thank you. Um, but I'm sorry for the ways that I'm not showing up as my best right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm also want to say thank you for the ways that you grant grace, but you also just do really simple things Mm -hmm. to say, I gotcha. Yeah. And I hope that those that are listening that know me would extend that same kind of grace. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. It's it's so easy to extend grace to you though. (laughs) <laughs> and and to most people, right? Especially well, then tell me how to do it because I'm not doing it for like, myself. But like, especially okay, yourself is a different, right? It's yourself hard. is a totally different thing, and you've called me out on it. How I can extend grace to everyone except myself. I know, but I can um, tell you that. I just can't yeah, practice. right? Practice that. Well, I have a hard time practicing it too. But I think the difference. I think well, aside from me extending grace to ourselves, um, when we understand where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. Right, like when you share your story, when I was able to fill Molly in a little bit on mm-hmm. what you had been walking through and what your schedule has been like, of course, 100% grace, right? And that's, I think, the beauty is when we pause and it doesn't, it's like, I don't like this thing of like, oh, it's an excuse because you have a super busy schedule. It's not, no. but it's an explanation. An explanation gives us the opportunity to extend grace, right? Not accept an excuse but extend grace because we understand where you're coming from and what your life looks like a little bit right now. Like it really is empathy versus sympathy when we boil it down. Um, and so I think that's the the neat thing interpersonally is I can't not extend grace to somebody when I hear their story and I hear what's going on, right? It's like, you can't not, one of my favorite quotes ever, you can't not love someone when you get close, Right. right. Like we have all these biases and all of these prejudices against people as groups. But when you sit down and have a conversation with them, right. you can't not. And what I'm to walking honor. through is so low level when it comes to difficulty and trauma and mm-hmm. hurt. But it's given me a good practice of gratitude yeah. to say, mm-hmm. but there are these other things. There are these yeah. other things. Mm-hmm. I my kids want to spend New Year's with me. Like once again, I'm like, what? What's happening? Um, like yeah. just to be 
to be grateful in that, to look back and celebrate the good things that happened in the last 10 years. That's, that's gratitude. But also, okay, I want to interrupt you because I think part of giving grace to ourselves is realizing the relativity of our story. So we can very easily compare what we're going through with someone else and say, how on earth can I be right? selfish? That it feels selfish to to feel the way we're feeling, but but I can't. I can very easily compare my story to lots of people who walk through much worse. But that's not extending grace to myself, no. and it's also not fully accepting their story either. When I put, try and put my story on theirs or compare it next to it, You're so right. I think a big first step for both of us to extend grace to ourselves is not to compare our story or our grief to somebody else, but to accept where we're at. Mm-hmm. Right. And grief and try right. and extend that. Right. Not it's trying to hard. mitigate what it's we're very hard through. to do that. But yeah. I agree. And I think the nice bonus, um, if you tuned into the healthy relationship summit, I mm-hmm. talked about Mr. Rogers as an example of authenticity and someone walking in their purpose and someone who demonstrates kindness and grace but it was because he was assuming positive intent. Yeah. Yep. Just naturally, that's what he as a human, mm-hmm. just completely, that was his energy, assuming positive intent. Mm-hmm. And assuming positive intent also means I assume you're walking through hard stuff too or have. Yeah. Yep. And that piece for me, every time that I go through something hard, I become less judgmental. Mm-hmm. every single time, yeah. you know, I, I, where I am right now, I'm like, I, I never thought that'd be me. Nope. There was mm-hmm. no way that was going to be me. There, that's not happening to me. I'm smarter than that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. So I don't get to, in my assum- um, assuming judgment brain, look at someone else's story and say, Oh, that would not happen to me. Cause I'm smarter than that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not true. Yeah. And that's not assuming positive intent. That is not practicing kindness. That is not practicing gratitude. Mm-hmm. I shared, um, I'm a slow learner mm-hmm. and I don't make a mistake like one or two times. It's like five or six. <laughs> therefore I teach. Mm-hmm. And so when I get to teach about growth mindset, which I did a webinar this morning, or I get to mm-hmm. teach around the concept of purpose, like I'm teaching this because I need to hear the lessons more yeah. and I need to practice this more and the practice doesn't ever start and stop. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't expect to get to 80 and say, Whoa, I got it all figured out. I hope at 80, I'm still trying to figure things out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So there's this, it's so funny. We call out synchronicity again. Um, because we, the sermon this last week at my church where we talked about, it was the subtitle of it was bridging the gap. So it was about between where we are and where we want to be. And specifically in the point of between our current life circumstances and who we believe God is, right? And mm-hmm. and our unanswered prayers that are the, the bridge in between that. But I think it applies to so many things, right? Like we're always in a period of in-between. We're always in a period of transition in some yes. way, shape, or form in our life. And so how do we sit in the gap well between where we are and where we want to be? Right. Even in our own personal development, our strengths development, our career, whatever that looks like for the people listening or for you and I. But it's, you know, we talk about our words of the year. My word of the year last year was waiting well. And I didn't even know what I was waiting for. But it was choosing to to pick in between times, pick times of transition, which really is any time. And instead of choosing to disengage, instead of choosing to isolate, choosing to lean in. Yeah. 
right? It's an active choice to say, I'm going to be grateful. Or in my case, I'm going to and you spend more time in prayer and in scripture. Rush that. Yeah. No. And you now know this. Yeah. In your brilliant twenty-something self, yeah. but we we assume that we can rush through the swamp. No. We can't rush no. through the gap. Okay. Synchronicity. I'm dirty this time. <laughs> um. So my current um, reminders on my phone. Yep. Are messages for me. Um. There's beauty and grace in every journey. Mm-hmm. Embracing the waves. What is the next great version of you? Mm-hmm. And then with that, every night I listen to um, Mary Oliver recite. Mm-hmm. I've become I I love her very much, but yeah. now I I really I listen to her recite um, Wild Geese. Mm-hmm. And there's so much in that poem about you don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to walk through the the desert um, to to be to repent yeah. that we can embrace and accept. Um, and I love it very much. So I listen to it, it for us. Can you play that on there? Oh, um, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about your despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, No matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. Mm. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mary. Mm. But I also know that in this time, when we're thinking about the gap, I know that on the other side of the gap, I want to be in connection. Yeah. I I am best when I am surrounded by the energy of others. Mm-hmm. I want to be in relationship with others. I'm just in a gap right now mm-hmm. where I know that I need to be in relationship and reflection and understanding of me, figuring it out for myself. Yeah. The simplest of things that I now have to figure out by myself are huge accomplishments to me. Um, whatever that sticky stuff is that you hang on walls so you don't leave nail holes, what's that called? Like command strips? Command strips. Do you know that I didn't really know about them? <laughs> and they legit work. They legit work. I have shelves hanging that are heavy through yeah. a strip. Oh, curtain rods. I know people I in college, I hung... Curtain rods with command hooks. So here's the, here are all these moments, right? But, the, but you know what else is beautiful? Is yeah. I'm now thinking, what do I want this to look like? And I get to decide. Absolutely. So I'm noticing that when I walk into my apartment, I put all my stuff down. And I'm like, well, this really isn't working right here. So I need to figure something out. And then I'm just leaving it there. And I'm like, what, wait, this is up to you now. What do you want to have happen with this stuff? This is up to you. And I don't know that I've ever been, and I've said this before on the podcast, in a season of life where now it's up to me has ever meant the more. Oh, what an opportunity. 
Now oh. it's up to me. Yeah. I write it consistently. I think about it all the time. And now it's up to me. And so thank you mm-hmm. for reminding me of that. Mm-hmm. But also the way that you honor where I'm at in the gap, mm-hmm. you're, you're helping me to feel solid about the contemplation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, word of the year. Are you, do you have ideas for? Oh, for 2020? No, not at all. Oh, I got a long list. You have a long list. I literally have absolutely nothing. And so I'm excited. And so I don't know if it's a, I need to do another year of contemplation or a word will come to me. I, I find it in prayer. So it's never a brainstorm list. It comes to me and it resonates, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Input for sure. Right. Your long list of potential words, but I know my friends who like pray for a word and they come up with lists as well and they pray or they look for synonyms and they find just the right word. Um, my friends do that, but for me, it's always very much a good, like, that's it. And I just know it when I hear it. And mine is in generating ideas that resonate with me, but then putting it out um, usually my spiritual practice is a little different, but putting yeah. it out in a new moon, um, doing those things like contemplation it. and celebrating yeah. around a full moon, um, crystals, all that fun stuff. So mm-hmm. I, but I will usually find that I feel a more, I feel a stronger draw energetically yeah. to a certain word. But I think talking about word of the year, we started doing word of the year. I did anyway, based on Gigi Yeah. and Gigi introduced that concept to me because I was kind of doing more of a, let's have 55 goals and resolutions. <laughs> and she's like, how about you choose one word? Yeah, so I would love to hear from our listeners. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't do a word of the year. Maybe they do a phrase. Maybe they do a focus. Maybe they do maybe resolutions. They do resolutions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as we get into December, mm-hmm. um, I would love to hear how are they celebrating the joys of the decade. Yeah. Don't worry about what you need to get then before yeah. the decade ends. You've already done enough. That's good. But what joys do you have to celebrate from the decade? And then what's your, how do you form around words or intentions for the next year? For the new year. Yeah. Awesome. Those are some good takeaways. I also kind of based on our discussion, want to hear a little bit about um, during tougher seasons, what are some really practical ways that you have um, been able to, I'm trying to think of the exact right words. Bridge the gap. Bridge the gap. Sure. Yeah. What are some ways you've been able to bridge the gap during tough seasons between where you are and where you want to be? Mm-hmm. So we listed a lot of different examples of ways we've done that. So we'd love to hear how you're currently do- doing that or how you've done it in the past. Um, yeah. And then a little bit about celebrations from the last decade the last decade for me is like going back to high school i just want to let you know when i was thinking 2010 the beginning of the decade i was in 10th grade um a sophomore in high school so just want to let you know um that that's a lot of life for me to cover but i will try <laughs> there's so much been so much change all right let's let's just do let's do a little bit of reality check let's do it this is jen millie style 10 years ago, you were? I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. And 10 years ago, I was 34. Yeah. I mean, I would have been, yeah, 15. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's just pause to say that. <laughs> also, 
10 years ago, I was done having children and my youngest was nine years old. That is so 10 years freaky. ago. Oh my goodness. Ten. I had a great discussion with a mentor in Fremont yesterday about, you know, and I think I talked a little bit on the podcast here about the, the generational insert into the life cycle of emerging adulthood because people are waiting. And so she talked about how she has um, two children and a, and a step son, I think three total. And like one of them lives, one of her daughters lives out of a van in Colorado and like absolutely loves life. And does hey, never want to get hey, married. Or like, hey, yeah, hey. Like, don't give me the ideas. Don't give me the ideas. We need you, Allie. Um, but then she's just talking about how like none of her kids are married and want to get married. They're all kind of in their thirties, and so I'm like, because I was describing my family. It's like none of us are in that place. Like, and I know my mom wants grandkids. So um, anyway, so that, it, that needs to be a dialogue yeah. that we have in a future gen and yeah. because what I've heard people say is. My parents didn't know any better than to raise me in a way that did not set that expectation. Mm. So yeah. when we're talking about oh, parenting absolutely. and how we absolutely. set an expectation, I would never, never tell my children, well, your next steps are to get a job and get married. Because I don't think what anybody, any Oh, I think there was a generational perspective from mm. my generation that we're going to go to school for business. And, you know, next steps are this. And my mom's generation, for sure, it wasn't even that she was going to have a job. It, okay. it was that she was going to be a mother. It's like a whole, whole new generally conversation. Okay. Tune in to a future conversation around that. But for today, we would love for you all to think about this idea of bridging the gap. Where are you now and where do you hope to be in life? And what are the ways that you can get through the hard muck of the gap? Uh, and then think back and share with us some celebrations from the last decade of life. What have been some high moments and some things that you can spend time reflecting on and celebrating as we close the decade instead of trying to cram in some last minute accomplishments? Um, and then um, how do you formulate, do you formulate a word of intention or resolutions for a new year, a new calendar year? And if so, how do you do that? And if so, do you already have your word of the year? Give me ideas, please. Because <laughs> apparently Ali has tons of ideas, but nothing's come to me yet. So anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. Hopefully those are some great um, action items and thoughts for you to contemplate between now and the next episode. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode number 54 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share the responses that you posed, your responses to the questions that we posed in the episode, follow us on Instagram. It's the easiest way to reach us at Jen and Millie at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.